It's not coming home. Spain outclass England at the World Cup. Today we'll talk about that, a little bit of Premier League chat on who started the strongest, and also grand pianos at Gillingham. Hello and welcome to Dan and Matt's Football Chat again. Um, I'm Dan and this is Matt. Hello everybody. He's that amazing pause every week. <laughs> it's longer every week. Um, yeah. Hope you hope you're good. Um, we are here today. We're going to talk a bit about uh, the World Cup final and the third place playoff match. Yes, it wasn't a semi-final. I have been corrected already about that. Um, yes. And yeah, talk a bit about um, the uh, familiar um, familiar emotions <laughs> that England fans are going through. Um, yeah. And then yeah, the uh, the very um, impressive Spanish as well but we'll come on to that a bit and we'll talk a little bit about the third place playoff but as as previously mentioned not a massive fan so I might make Matt lead on that bit because I just like to try and ignore those kind of games but anyway um, what you been up to Matt? Yeah I'm also not a massive fan of the third place playoff Um, uh, yeah what I've been up to obviously uh, previously was getting quite excited about the England game uh, as in the final, sorry, World Cup final. Sounds weird saying a World Cup final, having never seen England in football other than under-20s, I think, playing a World Cup final. Um, what I've been up to, well, la- well last Friday, uh, Mount Martha Mariners over 35 team. That's what this is all about. We had our last home game and we had a resounding 6-2, I think it was, victory against Aspendale, who previously had beaten us. So that was good. Uh, enjoyed that game. Um, then on Sunday, in a pre-World Cup warm-up, I went up to Ultra Football in Abbotsford in Melbourne with my youngest son because it was his birthday on Monday and basically spent a, the, a developing world's budget on football boots and other stuff. And, and by way of uh, magical thinking, I bought myself a new pair of football boots. Uh, because are you getting any money from them, Max? You just mentioned them. Are they, are they now a, a key sponsor? Um, I actually, major partner. I actually, <laughs> I, 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 actually uh, I was tempted to do a little film. I'm, I'm going to be going up there again probably another three weeks. I will ask them because all joking aside, Ultra Football, if you are listening, it's a really nice place. Uh, everyone up there is football mad and if you go and try on boots and stuff, obviously they're trying to sell you stuff, but they, you know, they know what they're talking about and they help you out. And they've got a lovely cafe. It's got a really good atmosphere in there as well. And what in, it's um, got a cafe in the in the shop. Yeah, it's called the Panenka Cafe. It's kind. It's at okay. the front. Uh, yeah, it's a really nice just, place. Like, uh, just to be clear, yeah. we are not receiving any money. We're from not them receiving any money from. Like, we seem to have gone into quite a lot of yeah. detail <laughs> about a cafe sports yeah. shop. But for I tell a, you what, the almond, the almond croissants, the almond croissants, and the soy flat whites, <laughs> oh, they're to die for. People come from um, miles around to sample the almond croissants. Yeah, and and also actually, um, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, you can bring dogs in if they're on a lead as well into the. So um, it's kind of pet friendly. Anyway, we're not sponsored. We're not sponsored. But um, I bought myself a new pair of boots, which obviously is increased my my um footballing statistical ability by yeah. 0.03% um and then what the else did I do? oh yeah watch the world cup final didn't i so uh yeah i watched the i did watch i know we're going to talk about it i did watch the third place playoff match but i think you said um last podcast kind of you have it on in the background generally if you're going to watch it at all and that's kind of what i did because um uh, missed missed probably the first 20 minutes of it and then yeah i thought oh better stick that on but um yeah, uh, 
got a got a match tomorrow, final game of the season for the over thirty fives away against Chelsea. Not that Chelsea, obviously, bad dad joke. <laughs> and then my eldest son's season wrapped up last Saturday with Doveton under twenty ones, and he got another run out for the senior, so he was happy with that. And then my youngest son with Mornington finishes next uh, tomorrow. Uh, the, uh, not tomorrow, sorry, Friday Saturday. Um, and unfortunately, Mornington men's state team missed out on promotion to the MPL, which is the highest sort of semi-pro league, uh, due to basically kind of choking over. Sorry if you're listening, Mornington, but you know, they, it kind of it all fell apart in the last two or three games. Really, unfortunately for them, so they can't get promoted this year. But um, yeah, my eldest, just on that note, he he got he got a booking another yellow card on saturday because he advised the referee i think to paraphrase him he said you're having a very bad game and you're not very good at, a, at being a referee <laughs> which was basically a calculated revenge attack from where he apparently gave him a yellow card for a nothing tackle according to my son a few months ago and he said well he can't ban me so I basically just thought I'd say something to him about his refereeing ability and then literally the first tackle he made the ref booked him so there we go who says refs aren't petty you know <laughs> so I thought that was quite good but yeah um, that's pretty much me just work and stuff what about you what have you been up to mate anything uh, exciting just a bit of work um, I was yeah. counting votes on Tuesday night I think I um, I don't know whether I'll explain this to you. some big conspiracy in, uh, against no, it's a, there's um, democracy. A, there's a kind of, in, in um, Australian rules football, there's a democratic um, methodology to um, calculating who the best player is. Um, yeah. So every week, to explain to people that don't know, and this will be not news to our some of our Victorian-based listeners. To be fair, um, I don't know this that much. I've heard of it, but okay. you go on, you explain it. Well... Um, well, you, people may be familiar with the Brownlow Medal, which is the elite um, AFL competition where they have a yeah. they all get together. It's actually quite soon; I think it's in a couple of weeks. And they basically go through each round, and uh, the umpires actually in the AFL vote for the best people on the ground. Well, in junior, like you know, at junior levels, the parents do that, so the umpires do yeah. do it for like a league. I think the AFL yeah. are actually really obsessed with like voting and statistics. I think it's because it used to be it's it's come from sort of like. You know, the, the origins of the game are from a, a guy that basically wanted to keep cricket players fit in the off-season. So, and obviously yeah. we know how obsessed cricketers are with statistics and, you know, got yeah. and, and, and so I think it maybe comes from that. The culture is okay. around around calculating things and voting for things. But um, so basically when, you, as a parent, you receive a voting slip, three parents every week get a voting slip and you vote for the top five players in your just your team. Um, right. for that week that goes into a sealed envelope that gets sealed and handed yeah. back to the team manager which is me uh, and that just gets put in a box okay and then the end of the season which was Tuesday night uh, you, yeah. you you get a big drum roll and then you open it you I get all the big envelopes you empty out the voting slips and you basically on a big A3 sheet of like grid paper um, yeah. sort of pre-printed grid paper you then literally just write down go through every round in turn and you write down how many votes they receive so the maximum is five votes for a round um, so you, so one player could get 15 votes if they got all three parents voting for them as the best player yeah. for that game. So to get, yeah. So and also just to make it fair, you don't count your own team. So I was counting like the under 13 boys or something, uh, and yeah. then like my daughter's team or my daughter's teams were being counted on like adjacent tables. But it's actually, um, 
it's and, and like there's normally a, it can be close like you know if you've got like sort of two or three standout players but there's normally yeah one sort of streaks out ahead and and everyone it's a bit boring because everyone kind of knows who the best <laughs> the best players are because it's maybe yeah. uh, and they're normally playing midfield in, in, in AFL and normally that's where your best player because they're going to get more touches okay. they're going to get more experience so, so that's what I was doing on Tuesday night and I've got, I'm not allowed to tell you the result I'd have to um, maybe this podcast <laughs> will air after it's actually been yeah. but um, I can't just write, just write it and hold it up to the camera Dan just write it and hold I'm it I'm sworn no, no secrecy and I did <laughs> glance over the shoulder I did glance over the shoulder yeah. of where my daughter's votes are being counted too so yeah. I also cannot yeah. tell you um, how okay. my daughter's got on um, do, you, so, do you have yeah. parents outside saying like stop the steal and stuff like that we, yeah know, we have to votes. put our phones in a special <laughs> cage like locked uh, cupboard before we walk in yeah uh, we have to undress down to our underwear to so just yeah. check we haven't got any concealed cameras or anything uh, no that's yeah. not true i made that last night no. in no. fact i made the phone but i do it's very casual you can help yourself to a beer yeah. behind the bar you know it's it's, it's chilled it's, it's a nice atmosphere but you're basically just counting the votes so on I think it's next weekend or maybe the weekend after. There's a big end of season do and there's fireworks yeah. and they basically present the best and they call it oh, best cool. and fairest because it's not only the best player yeah. it should be, but it's also the one w- that is most disciplined in terms of like fair play. Right. So if you get if you get um, you know banned for any reason, yeah. uh, and then look, bannings are quite rare. <laughs> junior yeah. level well you can't um, get sent off can you in 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 Aussie no, rules no and that's there's no carding system you can completely clean someone out like off the ball into violence sorry I've always I, can this. i just correct myself yeah at, at the elite can, level yeah. that is the case so at the elite level there yeah. is no carding system people sometimes yeah. elbow people in the face and then the next week they won't be yeah. able to play but during the actual game itself the tribunal don't they the they tribunal. Have the tribunal and then the people yeah. go oh he'll get three weeks for that he'll get two weeks for that and yeah. oh i'd only give yeah. him one week because he didn't really see him coming <laughs> and he only it was more of an yeah. open-handed slap and not a closed yeah. fist but i'll just yeah. correct myself at junior level you do have a card system sorry I, oh, okay i was just i in my I've never, I'd, I've never really seen one uh, in the games that I've been officiating yeah. in. But yeah, you do get cards, you do get players removed from the field. Uh, it's all reported and recorded. Um, but yeah, but it is a bit weird how when then when you go to more senior football, it goes away. So, which is quite strange when you think about that yeah, message. Yeah. It's basically saying we don't want that at junior level. But once you get the big boys, you go for it. You can do it. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's funny actually because in, um, in in junior football, you get. You, you players get banned for red cards, um, for red card offences, but you can basically get a yellow card every single game and you won't get banned until you get into um, adult or under-21 football and then the bans yeah. start coming in for yellow cards. Yeah. So you effectively, it grants... You know the old school reducer, you know, like mm. you can, you've got the ref will let you get away of chopping the, the quick winger down, that kind of thing. Mm. You, in junior football, you can get away of chopping someone and getting a yellow card every single time. So the old, but it's old funny, school. You, okay. It's, al- it's almost more in the elite the elite association football it's almost more yeah. sensitive isn't it I mean if you if you actually yeah. went to chop someone who was yeah. deliberate you risk a red if, if it's deemed yeah. to be kind of violent um, conduct um, you risk a red card not oh. just a yellow so yeah it's all a bit uh, <sighs> um, difficult um, so uh, anyway so that's what I did this Tuesday Matt um, yeah. do you want to go on to talk about the World Cup final Oh, go on then. Yeah, oh, England we've lost. Actually, we've actually delayed this podcast a little bit because I think, oh, I think we no no. If England, if England would have won, we, we would have recorded it like five minutes from the final whistle. I would think. Yeah, I know. Because you know what? It, it's annoying actually because my friend who went there, um, um, hello Helen, if you're listening, uh, the soccer part of soccer sisters on Facebook, 
she sent me a couple of little video clips just of, of going of the atmosphere on the train and uh, of the national anthem being sung at the stadium. And then I'll be honest, other than a couple of text messages, I didn't. She didn't send me anything else. And I was kind of thinking I didn't want to tempt fate, you know. But I was thinking oh, it'd be nice um, if we win this. It'd be great just to you know get a clip with her or something, or you know talk to you as a reaction. But um, yeah, uh, well, if it didn't happen, did it? Um, I th- uh, yeah, I th- well, in a nutshell, uh, England, I think, got outplayed, outthought, and um, the f- and kind of lost the physical battle a bit again, uh, you know. And yeah. um, unfortunately, I think key players. I don't know. I don't ever want to say went missing, but um, Lucy Bronze, I thought, you know, for example, players like that of that ilk just didn't really turn up as we know they can. And although we only lost one nil, and yes, you know, Hemp hit the hit, hit hit the crossbar in the first half, and we had a couple of chances. I'm actually struggling to think. Um, Lauren James had a chance, didn't she, when she came on? Yeah. I'm actually struggling to think of chances we had. Um, Mary Earps in goal was fantastic. Uh, highlight of the tournament, almost with the um, the reaction to the penalty save. Um, yeah, I don't know really. It was just it, it was just it just felt like one of those games where we just weren't going to score, and Spain maybe could have nicked another one. Um, this is obviously top level analysis, but that's kind of what it felt like. It actually felt like, in a weird way a bit like the semi-final against um, the Matildas. It felt like England were almost at the kind of the Matildas and Spain were were, um, were England, if that makes sense. I did see yeah. some stuff around, I don't know if you saw this as well, some quite <laughs> uh, salty, as you'd say, comments around, you know, Spain did to England what England did to the Matildas. Because, you know, after England won against Australia, there was this kind of like, oh, they were cheating or they were too dirty or rough on Australia. You know, there's, there's a few reports of that. There was a bit of that during the rounds, but I didn't see that at all. I just thought Spain were better than I don't than think England, either, either of those games was won with brute force. I think that... No, no. Um, Spain, I mean, we can talk about incidents in the game and there actually weren't that many. Yeah. Uh, two that really, that, that really of any note. Um, Spain yeah. definitely kept the ball better. Uh, Spain were physical yeah. early on. They definitely took it up to England. Um, I think... Lucy Bronze, she just dribbled into a blind alley in the middle of the field with a crowd of players yeah. around her, and they just they got the overlap, and she took that yeah. chance really well. Um, yeah, it was a great goal. Yeah. The clutch moments were played better by Spain, and then overall they just yeah. kept the ball better, and they played. They just yeah. broke the game down. When you thought England might, you know, in that second half, you're thinking, a bit strange to make the two sub. Like she took off Russo. Yeah, I mean, I understand bringing on Lauren was- James. But- but then Russo coming off, it was like, hang on, well, she's the one that's going to get you the goal, you would think. Um, so It seemed to work Spain, to a degree. Yeah, but Sorry, I, with, I, I think with Kelly, they, they were getting the ball to Kelly on the right. But yeah, I agree with you, not just because Russo's at, at Arsenal, but I thought, well, who's holding the ball up? And it, it, it just, I don't know, it just didn't seem to work, did it, really, at all? No, it did and it, and it also remember this is a formation that England didn't start the tournament with. It, they were forced into this because of Kira Walsh's injury, and then they've kind of just run yeah. with it. And look, I'm not. Uh, hindsight's a wonderful thing, right? If England nicked that goal yeah. where they hit the bar, then Spain yeah. might have like shat themselves as they did against Japan. Yeah. The fact that they, they yeah. lost the group game four 0 to Japan, you know, who subsequently yeah. were put out by Sweden. Um, yeah. I think Spain benefited from 
eight of the 11 players play for the same club team. You can't un- yeah. underestimate that. But imagine if, no, you, you know, any fair. international, it's kind of like a Bayern Munich Germany effect from from the sort of 1980s and 90s where the bulk of the team, the spine of the team are from the same club. They play with each other week in, week out, all the way through the year. And they just knew where each other were. Like you just, you just saw that. Um, you got to give the coach, the coach, the controversial coach, and there's still repercussions, not just of him, but yeah. also the president kissing. I think uh, that's, the, a, that's the another pod. On the lip. I th- yeah, I think that's another that's, that's pod entirely, isn't it? But, Jeez. but he, yeah. although through gritted teeth, I think people, you do have to give someone credit. There's only one coach that won the World Cup, and it's him. Um, he yeah. picked, he picked um, Caballero, the um, young striker. Um, and yeah. you know, sorry, Paraguelo. Par- Have another red wine. Yeah, yeah I yeah. might edit that out or leave it in comedy value. Um, <laughs> anyway, it she, was fantastic. she was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and yeah. she was she's actually an ex track track athlete. Did you know that she's actually yeah, run I heard for Spain about on, that. on the track yeah. before? But that, yeah. that's a coach's call, right? Putting her on. She's nineteen. Yeah. And she basically bossed it. She she really hassled that. She really led that line well. So you've got to kind of credit the coach for doing that. You know, he didn't play uh, Pateas, you know, the um, sort of wonder kid um, who's won the Ballon d'Or and so on. It's, it's a coach's decision that there's, you know, people argue they've succeeded in spite of him. Well, maybe. Uh, and it's clear there's yeah. massive divisions in the Spanish team because there's things. I mean, but there's also clear some of the, players that he's promoted because of those 13 or like 10 or so that refused to play but I've really grasped the opportunity and really really value the opportunity given to him by him look I don't know enough about him to really make a full comment but he's won the World Cup and um, he's clearly yeah, done and, and, right and, yeah and right. that doesn't that doesn't <laughs> excuse yeah. you know if he's been if he's been you know, it might come out that he's done some like terrible things, and if so, then clearly there's not things. There are things that are more important than winning the World Cup. Clearly, um, yeah. in the way that you kind of handle yourself. But as things stand, you know, you've got to credit him. I think a bit, um, despite yeah. the con- controversy around him and, and what he does. So look, well done, Spain. I mean, England did go into this tournament under an injury cloud. Three first team, first yeah. eleven players not there. Maybe this was time when it kind of just came came to. So. That we didn't in that second yeah. half. We didn't have many ideas. Um, yeah, Lauren James did have that kind of chip nearly into the roof of the net, which I think was the closest they yeah. came. But it was a half chance. I mean, she, if she put that in, that would have been like you know ridiculous. So yeah, I think you've got to credit your opponent. And England familiarly are just in, it's not coming home with that trophy. So, yeah, well, yeah. It, well, well, it is weird because um, obviously sandwiched in between England's women winning a, a year the Euros um, you know obviously the men's team lost a, a shootout in the Euros uh, a Euro final and obviously England women losing the closely you know closely losing the World Cup final it's kind of w- weird to almost be complaining as a almost 50 year old English football fan who's never seen England win anything other than Le Tournoir and the under, I think the under 19s or the under 20 world cup. So yeah, but it was, it's a familiar feeling in some ways. It, it's just, it just felt like a bit like Australia getting to the semi-finals. It felt like almost a game too far. And I, I was, I was thinking similar to you, you know, if we'd have had those three or four players who are missing, you know, maybe it could have made a bit of a difference. Um, I do goal, think, yeah. though, and I don't, I don't want to get on a, a rant about this. I do think the ref was pretty poor for the during and for both yeah. sides, but during the game, um, I, I remember she's the American ref Tori Pencil. I remember I, th- I think she was in did one of the quarterfinals, and again was quite 
let a lot of things just go. And I know, like, again, people might say, well, England got, you know, it got a bit of revenge. Uh, the, you know, kind of got what they did. Uh, sorry, England, England got punished for being overly physical. And then, um, you know, the Spanish kind of were allowed to get away with it. But that the VAR decision for the penalty, in my opinion, I'd, I know like we sort of text and you said you've seen him given and I agree, but <laughs> the, the penalty decision itself for me, I thought was poor. I have to say, you know, I guess it is handball because it clips the, the it looks the, worse you know, in slow mo. It does look worse, but there's the, ball. but the balls, the ball, you know, the, the ball is already going to the, the <clears> it's not knocked out of flight. Plus I have to say, how long do you have to look at that to decide that that it, it was in it was in in excess of five minutes to make that decision? I just find that utterly bizarre. You know how that cannot be done more quickly. The other thing that really irritated me was um, Parallelo was on a yellow parallelogram. Parallelo. <laughs> Parallelo. Yeah. Parallelo was on, was on a um, parallel was on a um, yellow card and literally. The, she kicks the ball away and you see if you watch it Pensa the ref goes to pull the yellow card out suddenly realises she's already on a yellow card and completely dodges the decision oh, yeah. she <laughs> like, well, so hang on it's it's two yellow and, uh, you know yeah. call me pedantic she did, she did but, kick the ball away you know yeah. How can you do you, you? You're clearly making a decision not to do that. I think that's poor. So for me, um, there was some stuff there which I just I just thought uh, it yeah it just it, it was just. Just disappointingly. Um, well, at least, at least and, one American. At least one American got to the final, though. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a fair shout. And I, and I have to say, you know, um, I did. I read quite a good article about this after the World Cup, and I think the standard refereeing has is, 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 has got to improve because there's like the, Sam Kerr in the um, when I would talk about this, but in the bronze medal match, got absolutely clattered in one in front of the referee who just waves play on and you know she got a real as the Aussies would say got a corky in the in the calf and you know you think like there's a clear discrepancy between the men's game and the women's game in terms of physicality and that's okay because they've got their own culture around all that stuff but a fat, you know, bad tackles and, and and poor decisions like that. I think that's got to improve. So that's my referee and var rant over. I did, but I just, um, yeah, I was disappointed in just, that. Just before we move on, I just want to talk about the Earth's penalty as well because it was a great moment when she saved yeah. it. But if you look, she oh, was lucky not, not to be retaken. She was off her line. <laughs> yeah. She was. Well, okay, she yeah. was. But conspiracy theory. Why? Why is that? Right? She was clearly off her line. So yeah. they spent all that time making a decision and you could see it was a borderline decision in the body language. You don't have to be a body language expert to see that. You know, the referee was not super comfortable making that decision. They took ages to make it. And then I well, think so they you just might let it go because well. it was a bit of a dodgy decision. I reckon, no, seriously, I know, again, I'm, I'm, we're getting into tin foil hat territory, that's but not, why that's not? That's not because- how... VAR should work. It was though, clear right? it's, she, it's, she she was yeah. clearly off a line when she makes that save in 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 their penalty yeah, shootout. That, was a, that's getting called back. So it was it was like I the, don't um, know. Yeah, it was like the. Australian it was great. It was great to see it. It was great to see it. And I I think a few swear swear words of a sexual nature came out of my mouth when she <laughs> did uh, did that save. But um, yeah, I, I don't understand. See, that's the kind of stuff I don't understand. I mean, I, you know, I don't like VAR anyway, but. Um, that was just obvious. I mean, how it, she's way off the line. You know, you, you see the replay; she's way off the line. So, yeah. Anyway, In real but, time, um, you could see it. You could see it. Yeah, it was obvious. It, I was like, she was definitely off the line there. I, yeah, 
Yeah, I, I was I was shocked. So, but but yeah, definitely the best team on the day one. You can't you can't have any complaints yes, about definitely. that from an England perspective. If we and win so, that game, we yeah. it's just it's 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 a cheat. It's a, a robbery, really, isn't it? So, so Spain yeah. joined Germany as the only countries to have winners be winners of both men's and women's tournaments. There you go. Interesting yeah. fact fact there. Um, you, just let, a quick a, a quick note on that. Sorry, the women's World Cup trophy. Yeah. What are your thoughts? It looks like they've sort of tried to do a sort of shonky version of the, like the, you know, the men's one and sort of tried to yeah. sort of funk it up a bit. And then like, but it looks kind of thin. It doesn't look yeah, quite does, as chunky and wholesome. It looks like, doesn't look like, it it's looks too like sort thin. Of, it looks sort of like, you know, sales and marketing manager Southeast award. <laughs> 1995. Yeah, I, don't, I, 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 I know. I, I, I look at it and I go, yeah, what is it? Is it like, mm. uh, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's too, for me, it, it should be a, a bit Is that a globe on the top? Is. is that planet Earth on the top? I, I didn't think really so. look at that yeah. To, yeah, yeah, but it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, for me, it's a weird, weird, tro- I get it. Yeah, it's a weird trophy. It's kind of, mm. you know, not, and, uh, not that I'm um, bitter that we didn't win it, obviously, but no. And I'm, I'm quite sick. I'm not, yeah. not a fan. Before we get on to the third place playoff, which I'm not a fan yeah, of, I'm also not on, a fan of the, you know, player of the tournament, gold medal, silver medal. I'm like, what, why? Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Like oh, I've, I feel I've got for the bronze players, medal in yeah. the player of the tour, yeah. like the golden boot, bronze. It's like well, it's not the golden <laughs> yeah. boot; it's the bronze boot, or it's not the boot. Isn't that the person that scores the most goals? No, no, no. It's the globe, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, not the boot. Yeah, the globe uh, is the player. The yeah. So, so who got the golden boot yeah. then? Who who got the most goals? Was it like that Japanese player or something? I've forgotten. And, and was she there actually, to yeah. get it, or was it just if you happen you to be there, you get they the are, but. But I think um, being English, I just turn the TV off once that happens. So, Cas- yeah, can a player feel, that's not in the final win it or not? Yeah, I think it's if it's like the men's one, it's often like I was chatting to you off air. It's is often I think a bit of a political one to sort of say, hey, you didn't win, but you know, well. But done. is it always is one it, of the two finalists that win it? No, not necessarily. I think okay. if if it follows the the men's one is voted for, I think by the FIFA technical committee. I'm asking so, you because so. I never bothered to find out because I can't be asked nah. finding out. No, I, I can't care. really. But just in case you knew, just out of interest. No, no, um, no. I'm, I know about the men's one. The men's one is okay. allegedly voted for by the coaches of the the technical committee, and you know the coaches at the final. I think right. the knockout round, it's all a bit random. But basically, I think Set Blatter back in the day or Infantino now would kind of look at it and go, Samantha Kerr or something, you know, like, yeah. you know and go and do it like that. So anyway. Um, just before we, the break. We take we a little break. Quick, and... uh, do you want to take a break first or then come back and talk about Sweden, Australia after the break? Yeah, let's do that. Let's, right, do, let's that do that quickly. Yeah, right. Get our breath for the big messages. one. <laughs> Goodbye. Welcome back to part two. Hello, um, Matt. You've got you've, you've clarif- you want to clarify a couple of things? Yeah, breaking news. Um, <laughs> four or five days after the end of the World Cup. So to clarify uh, for our millions of listeners across the world, the golden boot for the women's World Cup was won by Miyazawa Hinata with five goals and one assist from Japan, just in case you're wondering. Golden glove for obviously the uh, best goalkeeper was Mary Earps. You know, that's uh, understandable given her performances. The golden ball for the 
what's seen as the best player at the tournament is was won by Aitana Monmati from uh, Spain. So that yeah. was that. Um, the young player <laughs> knows her again. <clears throat> it was won by Salma Parahiello, uh or hey, Parallelo. Uh, yeah, I thought that was quite good. And Rombus. Um, yeah, yeah, better, better than your one. Um, and yep. so, yeah, that's that's all of them. I'm yet to work out exactly how Wasn't there a silver and a bronze? Was it my imagination? No, I think um, you've been... I know where you're coming from. Gold, silver, bronze, it makes sense. But um, no, it doesn't look like there was in terms of how they win. Yeah, I think so. It's it's, it's been a long week, mate. You know, you've probably trauma response. Trauma response. The roller coaster ride of a month for the World Cup. It's obviously To be fair, to be fair, it has, isn't it? Because you think like a week or so ago, you're kind of in that weird Australia loss, but England won. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's all over now and England lost. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Um, Australia also lost. So let's talk about that game. They did. Yeah. I thought it was sort of anticlimactic for Australians. I think a lot was made when they lost to England that, oh, we're going to give it a good go in the third place. And, um, and it was kind of an even game. The goal on 30 minutes was that penalty. It was kind of that sort of, what was that heel kind of clip? It was one of those ones where you go, it was a penalty, but you kind of go, it's a bit, it's a bit unfortunate. It's not like she, it was much intention with that. And I know the rules not about intention, et cetera, et cetera, Uh, but there was contact and, it was one of those ones where you go, oh, that's a bit, just shrug your shoulders and get on get on with it. That was dispatched. And then, yeah, Australia just didn't really get going. We talked before about how having Sam Kerr there, and he kind of had yeah. to play her, I suppose. It does change the shape of Australia because yeah. she's, she's, she's one of those players where you want to get the ball to her. And I think it becomes, Australian going forward becomes like all about that rather than the previous group games when Kerr wasn't there. It was more reliant on, on Hayley Razo, um, yeah, and Caitlin Ford running down the wings. Yeah. Caitlin Ford, yeah. another Arsenal player, of course. Yeah, not to not to legend. About it. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it it did change the kind of way. But having said that, it could be just that they were playing Australia were playing against Sweden and England, and it's kind of like harder to play against harder teams. You don't get as much freedom down the wings. You get you get things snuffed out a bit. So yes, that Sweden were good. Um, Sweden were how I perhaps imagined them to play against Spain but then weren't really yeah. able to do it um, yeah they they were good I mean Sweden did have if you look at Sweden they had a great tournament actually like I mean apart yeah. from take that take that Spain goal, get out. I mean they they put away the United States on penalties which okay it's, it's a coin toss arguably but they still they still had the um yeah, the, the 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 confidence to actually step up and put out who who were the clear favourites for the tournament um, in that round of sixteen game, and then mm. from then they you know, they 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 took care of business and they were just really strong all over the field. So I think they can sort of be really proud. Australia, obviously, it, it's been successful. Um, it's hard to say that they would sort of like take a fourth place at the start of the tournament because they sort of then go, well, hang on, if I got fourth place, couldn't I have got third or even first or second? Yeah. So I think it did, Australia did, you know, capture the, Matildas did capture the the um, imagination of the general public, uh, like, yeah. you know, universally almost. And um, they almost went young. out as well. They were close, if you think, like they where were they were after the... That jeopardy, that's yeah. right. The yeah. Nigeria game yeah. and they got beat. And, yeah. and it was like, oh, they've got to be there. And then they came through that, that, that Denmark game in flying colours. So yeah. um, they did have a, yeah, it was a bit of a roller coaster, I suppose, but they did capture the imagination of, of the um, 
of the general public. And it was yeah, pretty, pretty impactful. They've broken TV um, viewing audiences, not for this game, but the previous one against England. It's still um, a big, it's still a, I think they still got around four and a half, five million viewers okay. for the playoff, uh, for yeah. the third place game as well. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, look, overall disappointing, but well done overall. I think once you take a step back, Australia is in a different place now, I think, in terms of um, support for the Matildas, uh, broadly support for, you know, football in Australia. Um, uh, and, and and generally, you know, women's sport in general, I think there's sort of two, yeah. there's sort of three areas to it, isn't there? There's the Matildas particularly, yeah. which is focused on the team. And then there's those two sort of bigger picture things that I think things have moved. There's a lot of love for football at the moment. Um, it will, as I said to you before, Matt, I think, you know, it will go down because there's only one yeah. place to go when it's, so when you're on a high, there's only one place for it to go. Um, but I think if it, it, it does, it will, you know, if it, if it leads to more girls getting out there and being physically active, playing sport, then I think it, it's done its job uh, and you get more people playing the game. Um, and I think that that's probably going to be the legacy. And then, you know, there's already calls for funding and I think there's some positive yeah. noises around that facilities and so on. Um, but we'll just see where that goes. But um, yeah, what did you, what did you think? Um, I thought, and I don't want to upset any of our wonderful Australian fans here, but um, I thought Australia took the game very seriously, but Sweden were just that much better than them that they could kind of, you know, they kind of just, Sweden seemed to dictate the play of the game overall for me. Do you know what I mean? Like it kind of, yeah. I, I, I look at the starting lineup that Gustafsson put out, it's, it's the starting lineup that he put out in the semi final. Um, so he didn't want to change the player. So the message is obviously, look, this is our best 11. Let's go out there and, you know, win third place. Um, but Sweden were just too good again. And it kind of a bit like you were saying, a bit similar to England. You can just see where, other than obviously the Kerr factor, and she's amazing. And, you know, if she'd have been fully fit, how well would the tournament have gone, et cetera, et cetera. But it just felt, again, like Australia were pretty tired and, they came up against a team that's just better than them at the end of the day and is more likely to have won the game. You know, if they play them 10 times, Sweden probably going to win eight of those games, you know. Um, yeah. So I, I thought that they probably, it probably it probably meant more for Australia than, well, it did really mean more for Australia than it did for Sweden, not to belittle, you know, Sweden winning it as such. But um, I was a bit disappointed that he didn't, again, Gustafsson from, you know, just tactically didn't mix it up a little bit and maybe try a few things a bit differently, you know, maybe give some players that, um, you know, Shidiak they're talking about, you know, Courtney Vine came on again. It's all a bit predictable. I just thought, you know, there's some players there that um, could have come out. The other thing I wanted to just touch on with you, I mean, ultimately, look, you know, it would have been lovely for Matildas to win it, but I just think, again, it, they'd run out of steam by this point. Um, And I think you've covered it pretty well. But the one thing I was going to ask you was another little thing about this World Cup, you know, the concussion protocols, you know, like obviously concussion is a big topic at the moment in all sports, but in football, it's kind of, you know, we now have concussion substitutions and things like that. But, um, you know, Alana Kennedy missed the semi-final against England and apparently it wasn't a sick, she wasn't sick. It was actually she was concussed, um, you know, lately she'd had a head injury and it turned out she had some concussion. And I noticed with the Australians, whenever there was a head injury, the concussion testing seemed to be much more thorough and longer than other 
incidents I noticed. I don't know if you noticed this yourself. Um, when, Not really. When Who was it who got a big egg on their head? Was it Caitlin Ford? Because she got a... She yeah, got yeah, she did. Yeah, and she carried on playing and I thought she was going to yeah. come off and she looked she looked visibly... That, I mean, quite, that was head you know, contact. I mean, yeah, definitely yeah. head contact given that she had a massive bruise on her head. But I, but um, I sort of wondered yeah. here and I know I'm slightly getting into... If I don't word this carefully, it could get into dodgy territory because I don't want to be looked at as not taking head injury as someone who has been concussed a couple of times playing sport um you know and falling out a tree when i was about eight once which is quite odd um <laughs> the you know we have to take it seriously but i do wonder like is there a wider discussion here about what are the act and i don't know i'm just throwing it out there you know what's the actual consistency here because it seemed that with australia they lost three players in the tournament in four weeks to concussion you know, because you had was, Mary, was you had Fowler. Training? Yeah, you had, training, wasn't it? Fowler, Fowler in training. I can't remember who else it was off the top of my head now. I've got a feeling it might have been Courtney Vine. But, um, and then um, obviously to lose Alana Kennedy as well, you know, I think, but there are other players obviously who would, would have got, had head injuries. So I, don't know, I wonder is, uh, yeah, I just thought, is, are, is it almost, um, you know what's what's kind of what's the answer there? You know, and is that you know it for me? You need some sort of consistent approach because it seemed like Australia were taking it very seriously and erring on the side of caution, which is fair enough. But you know, it's obviously well. I think it, you know, it, I mean, it should be taken seriously. I mean, I think football has been mm. quite slow because maybe full contact sports have probably had to do this more because there's probably more um, you know head knocks. Having said that. Every every game, there's normally, if not a full-on head clash, normally yeah. there's someone sort of jars their head in some, even if it's just a glance and it's just, they just kind of get on with it. Yeah. Um, so I think football's been quite slow to pick up on this. But yeah, sports of rugby, rugby league, and even AFL here in Australia, they have protocols around they have independent doctors assessing them and so on yeah but there's just there's not that protocol here it's more just the coach out there and if they they give a nod that they're okay they seem to carry on and then um but look i don't know maybe there is, is, a it, protocol is it, i'm not aware it of, seemed but. to me I, i'm guessing but it seemed to me that the matildas had their own protocols which is fair enough again they know the players better than anyone but you know, um, maybe FIFA need to kind of have their... I mean, I need to know more about this, but it just felt to me like this, uh, that, that, that Australia just seemed to be adversely affected by concussions. Mm. And why why is that? Because surely they'd be unlucky for three players to get concussed in the same team in four weeks. That's just seems excessive. So, yeah, but overall, um, I thought great reception for, you know, for the Matildas, a good, you know, a, a, a full house, all that kind of stuff. Um, I agree with you. It's a bit after the Lord Mayor's show now, isn't it, that everything's finished and AFL finals and NRL finals are kind of around the corner. Well, there's um, um so, there's immediate chat about the Men's World Cup and whether yeah. Australia would put a bid in. Yeah. Obviously, there was an unsuccessful bid 2022. A lot of money yeah. was spent on... On Forty-five the, million the, dollars, apparently not millions, millions vote. of dollars. Um, yeah. So there is a little bit of, given the current economic um, challenges, I think there is some um, hesitance to sort of commit yeah. <laughs> at a top level. It's the good, government it's good go, they're talking you know about what? it. Yeah, though. we'll do it. You yeah, know? Um, it's good. It's good because, they're talking about it. I think you know. I mean, I'm selfish, but I think yeah, the men's world cup <laughs> would be absolutely amazing. There's loads of yeah, space. Yeah. 
We have great stadia, although we'll talk about Melbourne in a minute because I think Melbourne doesn't yeah. really have a, a top, a sort of a category A uh, stadium, which we'll talk about in a sec. Yeah. Uh, but I think, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm biased and I'd clearly there's, there'd be an open invite for any of my friends living in uh, England yeah. to come over. Yeah. There's a yeah. place on the floor for you in Melbourne yeah. if you ever come <laughs> were to come here. But just yeah. if it's going to be in June and July, it is cold here in Melbourne. So do bring a jacket, I, I would say, if yeah. it does ever happen. Um, and we will get up to Brisbane probably for a game just so you can get wear your t-shirt and shorts and, and put your sunglasses on. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think it would be fantastic here. Um, I think it would have been fantastic last year actually as well. Um, but I think, yeah, Melbourne has, it was clear from the way the tournament was, Sydney and Brisbane were definitely the kind of epicenter of the Australian yeah. um, games. Uh, Melbourne did, and I went to some of them, Melbourne did have some group games and some round of 16 games and I went to both, but um, it was not preferred for any of the quarterfinals, semis or final. And it's because the stadium they have is only a 30,000 seater. So for a Men's yeah. World Cup, I think there need, needs to be over 40,000 and that currently yeah. they could they could probably put two tiers on either end and that probably would take it up to the 40. But um, there's certainly nothing on the scale of, of sort of the Lang Park or the Olympic Stadium or even the Sydney Football Stadium um, that in Melbourne. So, yeah, the MCG and what's called Marvel Stadium, which is another kind of roofed um, sort of 60,000-seat stadium, are cricket pitches. So they're not... Yeah. When you, whenever you watch games in them uh, with the round ball games or rugby games, which I have, I've watched rugby union, rugby league, and and football um, in both Marvel and the MCG. I think I've watched yeah. everything in in all three. It, it's not a great experience because of just the width of it. It's you're not close to the action. It's like it's going on in the middle of this kind of like little moan strip of grass in the in the in the, in the very centre of the. And it's weird yeah. they put the, the benches for the players to sit on, and they're kind of like right a third of the way out of the pitches. So they do their best. There's, there's rolling seats that kind of come out, I think at Marvel. Um, but yeah, MCG is pretty, pretty other. So they're not, they're not suitable venues for, for, you know, round ball game or rugby for that matter. Um, but they do normally shoehorn the games in there. So for example, the lions, when they come out, they normally play at Marvel, but it's not, it's not the best venue. It's not, you're not close to the action. Yeah. You don't, you don't hear the tackles like you do um, in rugby, like for example, when you're when you're really like just a few meters away yeah. from from the players playing. And, and so I think and that fans, probably needs to be looked at. I was going to say, atmosphere-wise, it's tricky because you're in an oval, so you don't have the kind of you know fans behind one side of the goal or you know what, yep. you know one goal. It's it's a tricky one, isn't it? It's a it's a kind yeah. of it's an odd experience watching yeah but we'll see I mean, we'll see what happens that i think that's that's in my mind about you know what next it's good um, it's good they're talking we'll, about we'll it and I, yeah and i know i know um apparently they're bidding for the women's asian cup and there's yeah. you know there's clearly a momentum now but with so the, saudi arabia right here so you might might not win that one because there might be a Probably slightly better yeah. offer on the table, I would imagine, from the Saudis. <laughs> Just knowing what I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, I'm, st- I'm but, still waiting. But on in that the men, the men's Asian podcast. Cup has been has been held for the last three, including the one. Sorry, the one that's coming up as well, and is going to be in Qatar in 2024. Um, the They've all been held in, I think, Saudi Arabia, UAE, and Qatar. So, I, th- I think it's good. I think it's just good that it's being talked about, and the fact yeah. that it's kind of people are saying we can't bid for a World Cup over here if we're just going to use the MCG, in, you know, for example, in Melbourne, because, like you said, there isn't there isn't the stadia available to do it. 
basically. So yeah. it's a good. It's, at least it's being. Co- there's a conversation about it. There but, is. Um, um, talk, talk. Just yeah. you just talked about when you start talking about Asian Cup. There, the Asian yeah. Club Champions League is. I think the fixtures are coming out soon. So maybe yeah. we'll do a a, a a special pod mat if Melbourne City because last time they played it all in the same venue, didn't they? I don't know. What oh yeah, no, no, saying. no. They're actually. I saw. Yeah, the 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 the, the fixtures are out. I just saw that just before we start. We sat down actually. Oh, um, did you? Yeah, um, but obviously they divide into different zones in the um, Asian Champions League because obviously, you know, Asia's quite a big continent. It's not, you know, when you say Asian, as, as people mistakenly say, they think of like everyone's Chinese because it's like Asia shorthand Pacific. for Asian. But it's like <laughs> Asia, you know, Asia includes China, you know, all the way through to like what we might call the Middle East from well, a European Saudi Arabia perspective. In Asia. And, yeah, Saudi Arabia, Japan, Australia, you know, so... It's about half the world's uh, population. It's, it's a big, big old place. <laughs> it's not more, lots of, maybe more. Yeah, from, with, including lots of different ethnicities. So, um, yeah, it's... It, but that's going to be... That's actually interesting. And I think, you know, we, we can look into it a bit more for future pods because... Does that mean... Obviously, does that mean all the with everything, Well, yeah, literally, you took the words out of my mouth. So... Yeah, so every so there's a possibility that um, depending on how well Melbourne City go in in the um, Champions League and when the East and West becomes, you know, you get into the final series and everything, the um, you know you could have some very big name players potentially. So um, Melbourne City are here. in the East Zone Group H yeah. with Durham yeah. United, Vent yeah. Foret Kofu. Yeah, and Zhejiang FC. I presume the last one's Chinese, but I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, and Buram, Buram are, are a tie, and they're a decent side. Okay. Um, what about Event so, at Kofu? Any ideas? Going to be honest, not quite so sure about those guys. But, okay. But I think this would be nice. This year, we'll actually maybe me and you will actually able to get up to a, a Champions League game. So do because, they play? Because uh, last year, I don't think it was a COVID type thing. It yeah, was all 2022. In the, in the, yeah. It was all played in the same place. And Melbourne City were really in Thailand. to miss out. Yeah. They, they missed, missed out, out on just. goal difference. They were kind yeah. of unlucky. But it, was even, were. it was even more harsh than that. They'd even got a better result than the team that got above. I, know, yeah. were, I remember there was some sort of controversy about it. Yeah, anyway. but they did a, they uh, yeah, did okay. a hub. Well, maybe that's something we can yeah. look at yeah, yeah. in the pod. Yeah, the they did a hub. But yeah, it's um, good to see that's coming back. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, um, I think you wanted to talk a little bit. What was it you wanted to talk about, Matt? There was something else you wanted to talk about today. Well, actually, actually one thing I was going to say, one thing I was going to talk about was um, <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. It was quite sad, really. But straight after the um, World Cup, I and mean, I was just kind of. As an ex-smoker, I actually did really have a massive pang for having a cigarette and a beer. And, and I thought, you know, <laughs> those times where you could just sit out. You know, pondering life and stuff, and looking out the sky and having a cigarette. And for people who've never smoked, they probably think, "Why would you want to do something like that?" But sometimes there it's are a moment. sometimes, yeah, it's literally a moment where you go, "Do you know what? I need, you know, I, want a, I need a fag and a beer, and I'll feel a bit better about life." Um, I didn't have any fags, so I had a glass of red wine. But I am um, after the World Cup final. I am. Um, obviously because the rest of the football world continues on and I, I, I flicked over the channel and I was thinking, do people still say that now? Do you flick over channels? Like, you know, the old days where you just, you, t- you pressed a button on your TV or what have you. Mm. And um, mm. so I put it on, I put the, the Premier League on and basically watched uh, uh, Everton get absolutely spanked by Villa. And I thought, do you know what? England have lost the World Cup final. It's a bit down, but it must be really hard being an Everton fan at the moment because there was a couple of, about 52 minutes in, um, the camera zoomed in. A lot of fans had left 
um, Villa Park. Everton fans had left Villa Park um, by this point. And there were just these guys, and I felt sorry for them because they're probably similar age to me and you. And they were just broken, like leaning on the chair in front of them, shielding their face from what they were watching. And, and I reckon they were probably having a couple of tears. And I thought, it must be really tough being an Everton fan because they're just, they're just not very good. And they're, they're stuck in this cycle at the bottom of the Premier League, almost getting relegated. And yeah, I don't know. I just put a bit of perspective. Might have been a controversial statement. It might have been better if they went down and had like. I think so in some ways. Got, I think I think so in some ways. I know ways, that that's yeah. always dangerous because I, I, I speak from experience look, that it isn't yes, easy just to bounce back <laughs> up always. I think you can plummet, as I found out as a, as a yeah, friend. Yeah, um, let's yeah. just talk about the Premier League, Matt, because I think yeah. obviously Man City, Brighton, and Arsenal are the other three teams that have had the the perfect start, but we're only yeah. two games in, so let's not get yeah. too hasty on writing narratives already. Um, Brighton, yeah. I just, I'm so jealous as a Sunderland fan who, you know, yeah. in terms of um, pedigree, you know, Sunderland are, you know, are sort of higher in terms of history. I'll choose my words yeah. carefully. Um, but Brighton <laughs> are so well run. And they're yeah. just, they probably already picked their signings for 2028. You know, they're just, um, that, did you see on social media, they were like, uh, Moses Cosido's debut saying like, we, you, that there's no returns. You can't, you know, even if you yeah. get the receipt, you yeah. can't bring him yeah. back for the money. It's just yeah. like, yeah. And they've got, they just got, seem to have, so I'm just so jealous of, at how well they're run. Cause I think yeah. they're a blueprint, aren't they? For all those teams. Cause Brian, you know, they're not um, historically a giant by any means. Yeah. Um, yeah. But where they are, there's just so much positive vibes. My uncle actually lives down in Shoreham, and he's a season ticket holder there, and he talks very highly about the club and well, and, and the connection with the fans and so on. So I think it's just all yeah. good news. I mean, it's two games in, you know, and they could lose the next three games, and it would be different. Mm. But it just even if they do, they've got they've got a plan. You know, they look like they all know what they're doing, and yeah. just um, they replace and, the coach, they sell players, but the yeah. the, the blueprint, like you know remains and 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 stays that test of time so, it yeah. just um yeah yeah it's it's mad because you can you you can remember like you know back in the like what was it early 90s when they did you know they'd sold the goldstone ground they were playing you know they were shifting around playing at different venues you know with they, dean. Were no, they went they were, to the with dean with athletic dean. stadium yeah it was crazy and they ground you know, shared and, with all sorts of people over yeah there, yeah and they were really that. close to going out of business and you know I went to the Goldstone ground actually. I would have gone yeah. there, like in the. I went there with the. I think we. I think in the three one. Like I think we got, I don't know when it was. I could probably find out, yeah. but it was probably like early nineties, late eighties. I would have yeah. gone to the Goldstone. Yeah, ground. I think when, I push, think they were when in... football wasn't very fashionable and no one no, liked it really. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it was like a bit of a sideline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, you look at where they. I know a bit of a cliche. I'll look where they are now, but obviously. Yeah, a, a real blueprint for a lot of teams. There, I can understand why there'd be a lot of jealousy. I suppose the only thing is, and I don't want to be a doom a, a doomsayer. Is that the right? Yeah, do, a do a naysayer. Sorry, doom mongerer. Um, doom mongerer. Doom mongerer. Is um is <laughs> a that doomsayer? <laughs> a doomsayer. Nunger, oh god, I'm getting confused. No, the the one thing I would say is with the the amount of money that is now in the Premier League is you do have these teams that are you know cliche patronizing alert well run for a small club and they where do they find all these players and then after a while you know um the fans get a bit fickle and then or a new owner wants something to change and you know it does all it does tend to end 
fairly badly for a lot of these teams, you know. So I, I hope for for Brighton's sake, I hope it carries on for a long time because it's great, um, really. Well, they for can, them. They switch their manager. And, and yeah. the Brighton machine rolls on, you know. It I think does, that's an yeah. So they, there's, there's, yeah. there's the people behind the scenes that are, are still there, and yeah, the, I mean the, the Brentford are similarly well run, by the way, you know, and yeah. um, they just obviously they haven't but, had as many, haven't sold as many high-profile players as yeah. Brighton have. But they still sold a few, uh, and again, yeah. they're very well run. They've got the brand but new stadium. But then you, you as get teams. Point. Yeah, and you get, but then you look, you We're get teams ready. like you know, Crystal Palace. You know, they're they're doing well now, yep. but they were a yo-yo club. Um, Norwich City, you know, the classic yo-yo club. You know, Burnley coming up and doing well. Uh, it's it's kind of. Um, but they do, you know, Palace do lurch a bit though. Like, you know, they yeah. appointed Roy Hodgson again. You know, it's like, uh, what, what's, you're going, we're going to, what, what's the plan here? You know, like, yeah. whereas Brighton, yeah. you kind of get that they, oh, yeah. if you don't yeah. really understand the plan, it's clear they have one. Whereas it's like, seems a bit like, oh, Roy Hodgson. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, and, oh, and, and it's one, working. Yeah. And, he, and he, yeah. I don't, don't let me, don't get me wrong. I like, I love Roy Hodgson. I think he yeah. is, is great, but it does seem, there's an art air of desperation about doing it <laughs> particularly yeah. mid-season you know when when that happens i think yeah. um yeah the i mean let, let's talk in a few weeks about the premier league obviously your your yeah. beloved arsenal have started well matt although i think timber's out is he for the whole season timber unfortunately right? did his acl in the first half against forest so he's done That's uh, we also had one of them and obviously i'm completely biased but and i don't like referees but um the the one of the most ridiculous red cards I've ever seen in my entire life for Tommy Asu. Well, the time wasted one where he had the ball in his hand for eight seconds because someone else had because uh, Havertz had the ball before him. So he basically he was kind of like he was no, the last no, one he, with it. Yeah, basically he was the kid that got caught. You know, for it wasn't actually it was, him it was, that stole. What was it that party game when it's the last the last one with the uh, the last one holding it? Yeah, it's like, like a reverse yeah. pass the parcel. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, like the, you know he was the last one holding it, so he got done. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, you got caught with cigarettes at school, so you gave them to someone else and said, oh, hold this for me. And then the teacher's popped around the corner and gone, you boy. I actually, you know, haven't, so... I actually haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, so I don't... No, it's, it's insane. Um, and then it just prompted a bit of a debate I saw online about, you know, the arbitrary, the yellow cards for, you know, time-wasting. And it's the usual nonsense that they try and do at the start of every Premier League season that will die off. Um, one thing I did see that is Arsenal-related and also very much female football-related is um, Vic Akers who you may or may not know, but he's a legendary kit man. If you basically see any footage of Arsenal yes. from sort of mid-90s, yeah, yeah, and he was always their VA. He also basically set up um, Arsenal ladies, as it was then known in, the in I think, 1987-88 season. He's technically Arsenal's most successful manager because he won, I think it was like 32 or 33 trophies with uh, uh, Arsenal ladies. So he's an absolute legend and it's, actually his birthday today so um all ladies he, were sort of trailblazers weren't they a little oh bit. yeah they were yeah, kind of yeah, always, yeah still still always. up there but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Not as, but he also just um just to add into that he he uh, he played for Tunbridge Angels I believe in the for um in the oh, mid sixties right? as well so it's kind of a bit of, you know obviously more local to you because you you lived nearer there but like Malcolm McDonald as well he played for Tunbridge Angels too yeah yeah anyway um let's, yeah. so let's, well done. happy before, birthday Vic there we go from all of us at all of us at yeah. Dan and Matt Football Chat Towers happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday! Yes, um, yeah. uh, Ange seems to have liked, liked oh, yeah. everyone yeah. as well, Matt. I think he's yeah. he's. Um, there's a lot of positive vibes at Tottenham. Um, they're yeah, already carrying his name. 
Yeah. They um, be- yeah, beating I, Man United. I, I it, <laughs> yeah, that works, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. that, well, that oh, helps. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let, let's 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 not get too carried away. It is two games in, so let's let's yeah. just pause on that. But I'm I'm liking his work Sunderland. so far. Um, yeah, well, let's come on championship in a minute because I, I want to talk about Chelsea as well because someone explained oh, to me the other okay. day about how <laughs> Chelsea are actually financing all their ridiculous yeah. amount of. How did you know how they do it? How they're doing this? Have you heard about? The, have you heard about amortization? Oh, something, something. So, so yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to bore you, but basically, they <laughs> borrow the money for. So for Caicedo, how much was Caicedo? One hundred and twenty-five or something. Was how much? One hundred and ten. No, one hundred and five, rising to one hundred and fifteen or something crazy. Yeah. Right. Let, let's call yeah. it one hundred and fifteen. Right. That's yeah. So yeah. they basically borrow that amount, but they amortize right. the loan, so they basically just pay that off. Um, over yeah. and, that, and because Chelsea are not in the, the European competitions, they're not subject to financial far, fair play regulations. So they amortise his loan over seven years. They give him a seven-year contract because you can do that yeah. if you're not in Europe. And you yeah. basically break that 115 million up over seven years. Um, right. You also, when they sold Havertz and people like yeah. Mason Mount, that's all profit. So they don't. Yeah. They, they, that's basically just. Oh, okay. so, they, so Chelsea are actually slightly in the black because they basically amort, they've amortised all of these players they've bought. They're basically yeah. saying that we're only Casillas um, only worth actually like fifteen million at right. this year because that's all the, yeah, that's all gotcha. we're paying on it. And yeah. that, so on the books, Casillas only yeah. cost fifteen million this year. He'll cost another fifteen million next year. Yeah, um, yeah. So basically, it's just a massive gamble. Because you're a bit dodgy. Um, it's dodgy <laughs> yeah. if Casido's value plummets and you have to sell him because then there's a bit of a, a bit of a problem with paying yeah. that loan back. But um, yeah. but that's basically what Chelsea are doing. And if someone explained that to me the other day, and I was like, oh, that's yeah. how. I wondered where this Todd Bowley's pockets were that deep, but they're not that yeah. deep. They are pretty deep. Uh, but yeah. he has got. But you need you need a bank to be confident in you. You need you need a backer to be able yeah. to lend you all that money. But that's how they're doing it basically. Because I, right. I wondered where they're suddenly getting all this money from. And more money it seems than they had even under Abramovich. So I was just uh, yeah. I, 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 that kind of it almost makes sense. I mean, I'm still slightly confused, but it's crazy. The thing is, but also, <laughs> it's one thing having the money, but is there an actual kind of strategy to what they're actually doing? Because it does seem like buy that player. Well, they've got one, and that he, one. He, he kind of knows, I think, how to set up a team. But anyway, watch this space. Um, just before we finish, because we are running a bit You've out. Got, of time. I know. Champions I think. Championship. Slow starters. We did actually get our first win. I saw that. Um, Bellingham with Bellingham with two. Yeah, um, that's lovely. Job, not you, obviously. He looks like he's round, decent. He's though. also started very well. Both Bellinghams yeah. have started very well this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. The um the pace setters are Ipswich who've come up, and also Leicester who we, you'd probably expect to be very competitive yeah. in the, They're in the doing championship. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, we've got Sunderland have got Coventry this weekend, who is who are one of our bogey teams. So I'm not massively yeah. optimistic, but then I'm not normally optimistic when it comes to all things Sunderland. So um, yeah, look, we'll maybe wait and do a bit more detail on on the, yeah. on the league and championship I, I, in, yeah. in the, the, the coming weeks. Maybe was, there's also one. I think you know it would be remiss of us to uh, not mention the. Um, Amazing goings on in League Two. Um, obviously, I don't. I'm not referring to Wrexham's ridiculous goal scoring and um, poor defending, but the uh, the boring, relentless march towards promotion that Gillingham are currently undertaking with their mm. four one nil wins to um, you know be sitting proudly at, atop the table. <laughs> you know, so uh, obviously we've got a friend in um, South Wales and uh, uh, you know uh, and back and others in Kent who'll be excited about that. So. Yeah, they they the, the home of the shouting men. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they call it. Yeah, yeah. I know. Go go, Gillingham. So um, yeah, are they still Tony got Crew the, the grand? Tom they still Crew got Blue the grand piano? 
in the corner, the corner, ca- the corner kind of like um, functions Ooh. so that looks out Possibly. on the pitch. Do they still got that? So whilst it, have to ask I probably haven't been there for about there. 15 years, Dan, so I'll, I'll, I'll say So like on, on, on the one of the corner flags, there's a big glass window, right? And it looks yeah. like sort of, you look diagonally across the pitch and there's like a grand piano in the window. It's, it's at Priestfield? Are you talking about at Priestfield? At Priestfield, yeah. It's called, okay. if only Paul were here, he'd be able to give us a yeah. rundown on exactly. I remember when the, do you remember the Millennium Dome, like which is now yeah. the O2 Arena, unless it's changed its name yeah. again? Um, yeah. They, do you remember during the actual Millennium celebrations, there was all this stuff yeah. inside it, like all these like yeah. bits of like like models and things. Well, yeah. an, an old Gillingham chairman, I think, purchased a lot of a lot yeah. of that stuff, and it was like <laughs> it was like underneath the stands at Gillingham. I remember right. going to a game years ago, and uh, Paul, our friend Paul, like pointed out, goes, "Oh yeah, yeah that's like Scally's bought all this stuff. Like it's like it was nice. like these big model like bits of plastic and metal and so on. And he just bought it and he'd like shoved yeah. it under one of the main stands. <laughs> it's like Sweet. not dodgy at all. But anyway." Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I just wanted to follow up actually on last week's yeah. pod, Matt. We yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. pints. Because oh, I, yes, I did yes, go away yes. and do a bit of research. So yeah. you, you were totally right. South Australia do use the American pint, um, which right. is 473 sorry, milliliters, yeah. not gotcha. 568, which is the sort of English um, version Classic. of the pint. Um, yeah. They think it's, uh, the, yeah, the, the basically the, the 473 mil pint was mm-hmm. the original English pint, but obviously the um, American um, Civil War happened, the and the yeah. uh, they they broke away from uh, British rule, um, and that that was before British then adopted the new system and then went to bigger pints. So American retained the old system, um, yeah. so Americans still have a four seven three mil pint. The reason yeah. South Australia have it, no one really knows, but they think it might be something to do with the kind of conservative temperance movement that was quite prominent in Adelaide. Um, right. Basically, they thought, well, let's reduce the size of the pints to stop everyone getting quite so drunk and uh, try and sort of tone things mm, down a little okay. bit and have smaller pints. So I think that seems to yeah. be it. Um, and I don't know whether it was that my blood sample was that much, whether it was an American pint or whether it was just that, because I've spoken to someone else and they said, oh, they only take 300 mil off me. So it might, might be because I'm reasonably large. They take a, a larger volume of blood off larger people. So it's like relatively speaking, it's the same, yeah. but I don't know. Well, maybe, got maybe even more. I was going to say, maybe even more research is required, Dan, onto this um, this topic. Maybe it is. You know? Maybe I'll do that. Like, I'll work from home tomorrow. So I, maybe I, I'll do I seem, I seem to remember the you know the the kind of the urban myth was you had eight pints. An adult human had about eight pints of blood in their body. So if you gave up, I know, I know, we kind of you know. I think it's five liters. That's pint. about right, isn't it? Five liters. Yeah, sounds right. I, right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Eighty kilometers is fifty kilometers five, an hour. Yes, so maybe five, that's what I don't know. Of, I know. I do have a physiology <laughs> degree, Matt, so I should know this. Should, yeah, yeah, you should. You should. But do you? I think but, it's five um, liters. Yeah, but but uh, oh, all right, doggies. Shh, shh. Um, oh, the bloody dogs are going off. That's probably a good sign to to finish. <laughs> I think it's time to finish. <laughs> On that note, all right. Anyway, yeah. All right. All right. Lovely. All right, guys. Goodbye. See you later. Take care. <laughs> See bye. You, bye. Shush!